This is 2 Peter 3, verses 11 to 18. This is on page 1224 of the Church Bibles. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and the speed it's coming. That day will bring about the destructions of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt it in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort, as they do other scriptures, to their own destruction. Therefore, dear brothers, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the errors or lawless and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Thank you, Ed. Hello, uh, my name's Andrew. I'm part of the church family at Above Bar. We are going to be looking, as uh, Ed has just said, at this passage that he's just read. If you don't have it open in front of you, please, could you open the Bible now? Page 1224. It will make much more sense what's coming now if you've got the Bible open in front of you. What's important is not what I say, but what the Bible says. So page 1224, and our passage is 2 Peter 3, verses 1 to 18. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we have your word in our hands. Please take our lives into your hands and speak into them. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you look at the very top of the screen, you'll see the title we gave to the, this whole series in the second letter of Peter, Godly Living in a Godless World. Uh, if you're a Christian, if you've um, discovered that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, if you believe in him, you've turned from your sins, you put your trust in Jesus, then you're a Christian, you want to follow him. Then you want to live a godly life. You want to live a life with God at the center, don't you? Because you're grateful. But it's actually quite hard to do that because we live in a world that is basically godless. Even though people might say, some people, that they believe in God, many people in our world, sometimes it's us too, live as if God wasn't there. It's a godless world. Many people don't think, what would God say about this? Many people don't think of picking up a Bible and finding out what the Bible says. So Peter's written this letter to his first readers and to us now so that we can learn to do, live godly lives in a godless world. That's what the whole series is about, the whole letter is about. And we saw there are a number of things that if we know these things, it will help us to live godly lives. 
Chapter 1, the first half of chapter 1, we know that growing matters. It's important when you become a Christian, you don't stop, but you keep growing. You keep wanting to get to know Jesus better. That was the first half of chapter 1. We know that growing matters. Second half of chapter 1 was we know the gospel is true. The Old Testament is true. The New Testament is true. We know that the gospel is true. Chapter 2, the middle section in the whole, whole letter, is we know that God will judge. Peter's talking there about the false teachers, people who come and deny the gospel, who say it's not true that Jesus is the Son of God. It's not true that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. They are false teachers. And Peter says in chapter 2, there's going to be a judgment day. We know that God will judge. And then the first half of chapter 3, we looked at that last week. We know that Jesus is coming back. The false teachers thought he wasn't going to come back. They said, where is he if he's coming back? Why hasn't he come back yet? But Peter says, we know that Jesus is coming back. He's coming back in glory. The universe will be transformed. There will be the day of judgment. And then those who believe in Jesus will be with him forever. We know that Jesus is coming back. And then this last passage, the second half of chapter 3, we know we need to keep growing. There is the title up on the screen. We know we need to keep growing. So the, the letter begins and ends with growing. Uh, it's about how we can grow so that we can live godly lives in a godless world. Well, that was a long introduction, wasn't it? Let's get into the passage now. Uh, just before we uh, look at the passage in detail, just to say, last week... The, the, um, the false teachers asked a question, where is Jesus if he's coming back? And Peter gave two answers. God is powerful and God is patient. This week, Peter's going to ask a question and he's going to give two answers. It's very easy to remember. That's why I'm able to preach this sermon. Good, let's have a look. Let's keep the Bible open. Let's be open to the Holy Spirit as we look at this passage. It's a wonderful passage. Firstly, in the first half of verse 11, a question to ask. A question to ask. Verse 11, since everything will be destroyed in this way, I need to explain, he's not just talk, he's talking about the whole second coming thing. He's talking about Jesus coming back, the universe will be transformed, there'll be a day of judgment but he keeps it short and he says, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? I say, okay, so there's the question. What kind of people ought we to be? If we're believers in Jesus, if we trust in what Jesus did on the cross, we believe he died for us and rose again, if we're trusters in Jesus and we believe that Jesus is going to come back in glory one day, what kind of people ought we to be? There's the question. This whole thing about Jesus coming back in glory, that's called the Christian hope. It's a certain hope that we know that Jesus is coming back. Well, because of this certain hope that we have that Jesus is coming back, what sort of people should we be? Good question. That was a question to ask. Now, secondly, second half of verse 11 through to verse 16, and an answer to hear, an answer to hear. And actually, there are two answers, just as there were in the first half of chapter 3. The first answer is live for God. Live for God. If you've become a Christian, you put your trust in Jesus, you're following Jesus, 
then live for God. Verse 11 again. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. That's about living for God. Living a holy life is being willing to live differently from people around us. Living a godly life is wanting to live a life with God at the center of everything, at the center of every day, at the center of every decision. We ought to be people who want to live holy and godly lives. doesn't mean we're perfect. Of course we're not. We're still sinners. But do we want to live holy and godly lives? I hope you do. Jesus has done so much for you. Peter's saying we should be living holy and godly lives. He says something similar in verse 14. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Three things there, spotless, blameless, and living at peace with God. That should be our aim. That's living for God. Holy lives, godly lives, spotless, blameless, living at peace with him. And notice he says in verse 14, make every effort to live like this. That may or may not remind you of something Peter said in chapter 1 when he was talking about growing. He said in chapter, in chapter 1, verse 5, and in chapter 1, verse 10, he said, make every effort. Don't just sit there. I mean, please just sit there at the moment. But don't just sit there. Do something. Make every effort to grow. Make every effort to live for God. There it is in verse 11, holy and godly lives. And in verse 14, to live spotless lives, blameless lives, and at peace with God. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about something in your life? Maybe it's an opportunity to say, I want to, I want to start again. I want to live for God. And what will help us to live for God? Remembering that Jesus is coming back. Uh, verse 12, as you look forward to the day of God and speed it's coming, that day will bring, that's the day when Jesus comes back, will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. The elements may mean the, the planets. But look at verse 13. Look at verse 13 and look forward to it. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Now please look at verse 13 and think about it. A new heaven and a new earth. It doesn't mean brand new, it means a renewed heaven and a renewed earth where righteousness dwells. I just need to say, the Bible doesn't say that we Christians, when we're, when we're after, the, after Jesus has come back, it doesn't say that we'll be floating on clouds, all of that stuff. That's not true. We will be on the new earth. We will be living on the new earth. And I can't tell you much about the new earth, except Jesus will be the center of everything. It'll be wonderful. And look what he says, Peter says at the end of verse 13, a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. There is already righteousness on our earth, but it's kind of considered a strange thing when people see that people want to live righteous lives, godly, holy lives. It's kind of weird. Some people think it's weird. Well, the new earth will be a world where righteousness dwells, where righteousness is at home. 
There will be no sin. There will be no evil. And if you're a truster in Jesus, you will be there. I get homesick thinking about it. Are you looking forward to it? And if we are looking forward to it, that will help us to live for God now. Verse 11, holy and godly lives. Verse 14, to live spotless, blameless lives where we're at peace with God. That's the first thing, live for God. If you're a truster in Jesus and you believe Jesus is coming back, live for God. That's the first part of the answer. Second part of the answer is in verses 15 and 16, and it's live for the gospel. Live for the gospel. I think that's what Paul is talking about at the beginning of verse 15. He says, bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Now, back in verse 9, Peter talked about God being patient, and what he meant was God is patient, he's giving people time to repent of their sins and trust in Jesus. Here in verse 15, he's saying God is patient. He's giving us the opportunity to tell other people about Jesus. When we've got great, new, great news, we want to tell other people. I remember when I fell in love with somebody called Rosemary. It's not a Rosemary that anybody here knows. I fell in love with someone called Rosemary in my mm, mid to late 20s. And I was just bowled over. She was fantastic. She was beautiful. She was intelligent. And she had really good taste. She loved me. <laughs> that wasn't meant as a joke, but never mind. And I remember discovering that she loved me. I, I remember that day when I plucked up the courage to say to her, can I, I just got something I want to um, say to you. And she said, yes. And I said, well, I just want to say that I... you." Um, when I, you are, I mean, can we just, um, uh, and it wasn't terribly clear, and then I managed to say, I think you're fantastic. I think you're wonderful. And she looked at me and she said, I think you're wonderful too. Oh, there was almost an ah from the audience. <laughs> I'll, I'll, we'll do that again so we can, I'm used to directing dramas, so it's good if, good if we get this. So, so, um, so I said, and she looked at me, I said, I said, I think you're wonderful. And she looked at me and she said, I think you're wonderful too. Aww. It was wonderful. <laughs> and then I wanted to tell people, she had to go back to where she was living, I had to go to where I was living. I'm walking down the street, I had heard from songs in the musical My Fair Lady that if you're in love and you know somebody loves you, you can't feel the pavement under your feet, I always thought, tosh. It was true. I could not feel the pavement. And then I also heard that you, if, you've got, if you know somebody loves you, you're so thrilled about it, you're, you're willing to tell complete strangers. And there was a policeman standing by the tube station. <laughs> now, I didn't tell him, but I, I thought of it. I considered telling him, Rosemary loves me, but I didn't tell him. So he never heard that piece of news. But it's true, if, you've got, if you know somebody loves you, you want, you want other people to know. Well, God loves you, doesn't he? If you've any doubt about that, look at the cross. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He died so you could be forgiven now and forever. God loves you. Jesus loves you. Well then, 
Don't you want to tell others? That's what this is about, living for the gospel, wanting to take opportunities, not charging into people with the gospel, but praying for opportunities, praying that God will bring you into contact with people who want to know about Jesus or who are wondering what life is all about. And maybe you just say one or two sentences. You don't preach a sermon, just one or two sentences. Wouldn't it be great to have an opportunity like that this week? That's what living for the gospel is about. And Peter says, Paul in his letters writes about this too. Look at verse 15. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. Interesting, Peter says when Paul wrote his letters, God was giving him wisdom. In other words, Peter's letters are not just Peter's bright ideas. It's God's wisdom speaking through Paul. Uh, verse 16, Paul writes the same way in all his matters, in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand. Oh, wow, be encouraged, everybody. Isn't it great? I, I guess all of us, if we've ever tried to read a letter of Paul, there have been moments when we've read something and we've thought, you what? What does this mean? Peter had the same experience. Peter, the apostle Peter, is saying there's some things in Paul's letters that are hard to understand. Knowing that makes it okay for me to find some things in Paul's letters hard to understand. But move on in verse 16. There's great, something great happening. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort, as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Peter's talking about the false teachers again, ignorant and unstable people, distorting Paul's letters. But please notice the word near the end of verse 16. It's incredibly important. He says, they they, uh, which ignorant, unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures. In other words, Peter is saying that Paul's letters are scripture. Do you hear that? And scripture means inspired by God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Peter is saying Paul's letters are the word of God. Inspired by God, they are scripture. This is wonderful. And it should give us or could give us a new excitement about reading the Bible. Not just Paul's letters, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Gospels, Acts, the letters, Revelation, Read the Bible, read the Bible. That will protect us against false teaching going on. So there are the two answers. There's the, answer, there's the answers to hear, the answer to hear. What sort of people should we be if we're Christians and we trust in Jesus? First of all, live for God. Live holy and godly lives. Live spotlessly, live blamelessly, live at peace with God. And secondly, live for the gospel. Ask God for opportunities to share the good news of Jesus with other people. Wow, that would be great. If you don't want to pray that for yourself, please pray that for me. It would be wonderful. I would love more opportunities. So there's an answer to hear. Is God speaking to you about one of those two things? Live for God, live for the gospel. Let's come to the last two verses. Thirdly, in verses 17 and 18, a decision to make. Verse 17, 
Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. This is a warning about the false teachers again. Make sure that you're secure. Make sure you don't get knocked off balance by false teaching. Really important. And the way we do that is to be grounded in the Bible. Really important. We know our Bibles better and better. That we take time to read the Bible. Let the Holy Spirit use the Bible in our lives to protect us against false teaching. And now look at the positive. Here's the decision that we can make if we want to. Verse 18, Peter says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Grow. We need to keep growing. Let's not stop where we are now. Where, wouldn't it be sad, if you're a truster in Jesus, wouldn't it be sad if in a year's time you were as mature a Christian then as you are now? It'd be great if you grew, wouldn't it, in the next 12 months? Yes, three or four people are nodding. That's wonderful. It makes sense. Let's grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. And look how he describes Jesus. I love this. He's our Lord and Saviour. Peter loves that expression. He's our Lord and Saviour. He uses that expression in chapter 1, verse 11. He uses it in chapter 2, verse 20. He uses it in chapter 3, verse 2. He says, Jesus is our Lord and Saviour. Jesus is our Lord, that's who he is. Jesus is our Saviour, that's why he came. Jesus is our Lord, that's who he is. He's the eternal Son of God. Jesus is our Saviour, that's why he came. He died on the cross for our sins. The whole gospel's there. He's our Lord and Saviour. Feel free to worship. Who he is and why he came, our Lord and Saviour. And at the very beginning of the letter, Peter says Jesus is our God and Saviour. That's chapter 1, verse 1. The very first verse, our God and Saviour. And here we are right at the end. Peter calls Jesus our Lord and Saviour. And then see what he says after that, right at the end, to him be glory both now and forever. That means Peter thinks Jesus is God. You don't give glory to any, you shouldn't be giving glory to anyone else other than to God. So when, when, when Peter is saying, give glory to Jesus, he's saying that Jesus is God. He's the eternal son of God. Do you want to grow? Do you want to grow? This would be, a, this is a decision to make. Some of us may be sitting there thinking, no, no, not really. But I think lots of us are sitting here thinking, yes, I do want to grow. Well, will you let the Holy Spirit use the Bible in your life? Will you take time with the Bible every day? Open yourself up to the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to equip you, to change you. I am convinced that the Holy Spirit uses all kinds of things to help us to grow. Worship, counselling, friendship, all sorts of things. But what he uses more than anything else is the Bible. Well, let's make the decision, shall we? Let's make the decision to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And if we do that... We will experience joy and more and more 
we will find ourselves being able to live godly lives in a godless world. Are you up for it? Are you saying yes to God? Let's pray. Just a brief silence. Maybe there's one thing that struck you. Maybe it's about living for God. Maybe it's about living for the gospel. Just talk to God in the silence and then I'll lead us in a prayer. Father, we thank you so much for the great good news of Jesus. It's astonishing that you sent Jesus, your son, into our world. Thank you that he's our Lord and our Savior. Lord Jesus, we worship you. Thank you for your perfect life. Thank you for your death on the cross for our sins. Thank you for your glorious resurrection. Thank you for your ascension into heaven and thank you that one day you are coming back in glory and we will see you face to face and we will be like you. Father, we thank you so much. Help us to grow. Help us to make this decision to grow and to keep getting to know Jesus better. but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen.